Welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Way show. Today, we've got another very, very special guest, a friend, a business partner, a mentor, a leader, a father. I want you to meet Adam Labar. Adam wears a lot of different hats now. He was former Air Force, left the military. He's got three kids. He's a coach. He's a real estate investor, and he's a business owner. And what I think you're going to get out of this conversation is just how intentional he is. He does such a good job of defending what matters most to him. He is a caring, kind, gentle human in so many ways and is also strong, aggressive, and defensive of the things that matter most to him. And it's something I admire most about him. He inspires me. He inspires others. I know he's going to inspire you. This conversation is going to be all about change and how sometimes you got to burn down things that no longer fit in your life. Here we go. Welcome, everybody. Adam Labar. What's up and welcome. We are here today to talk about getting out of your own way with a, a dear friend, a business partner, a dad, a podcaster, a former Air Force magician, paratrooper, Matt. Were you a magician in the Air Force? Uh, perhaps. I might have I've done might have done some magic while I was there. Well, yeah. there there's a, there's magic in that beard. I, I will say that. Uh <laughs> I think that's only allowed after the Air Force. The valid, um, yes. Only one time before that, uh, two times before that, while I was in, was I able to grow a beard. So, yeah. Mm. It's rare. Well, we are here with Adam Labar. Adam is is so many things, as you heard. But today, I, I want to talk a lot about change and what change has looked like. What you can probably tell from a- Adam's story and just what that introduction looks like is that... Adam's gone through a lot of change. You've gone through a lot of change. And and you've been, at least in the history of our relationship, you've constantly been changing. You're you're an evolutionary personality. You look at yourself in the mirror. You look at how you can be better. You confront the things that you want. You go after the things that drive you and inspire you. And I've seen that as a dad. I've seen that in business. I've seen that in communities that we're in together. There's just a lot of change that you go through. And, and part of what we're really pursuing with this podcast and, and today's show in particular is, is your relationship with change so that others can understand how change actually functions. Mm-hmm. When I look at someone that has gone from the Air Force to investing, to coaching, to podcasting, like all of these things, they represent so much change. And, and I think change looks easy on the outside. But give us like an under the hood look at at what it's taken for you to go through so many iterations of yourself. Boy, um, how long do we have? So <laughs> I've gone through a lot. Even even in the military, I went through a lot of different changes, both in in career fields. I couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to do in the military. Right, I knew that I like when I first jumped in, I was I was working on aircraft, I was twisting wrenches on the stealth fighter many moons ago, um, and like I, that just didn't have what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted, but it just didn't have. I knew I wanted to deploy and go do some things. So I, I then moved into a different job um, that uh, turned into an amazing experience. I was a dog handler for a while. So um, you know, I was bouncing around Iraq and Afghanistan out finding bombs with my dog, um, doing some, some crazy stuff. And I'd say that like the biggest changes I've had in my life have all 
kind of spun around an axis of some sort of event, right? Um, in this particular case, my biggest change in in being able to um, stand up for myself and be able to speak out was Afghanistan. Um, I was with a group of guys. I was attached to Army Special Forces. Um, I was just an Air Force dog handler. I'm not a Special Forces guy by any stretch. Um, but here I am jumping out of helicopters doing, you know... Um, raids on people's houses in the middle of the night, which is something I've never experienced before. Um, but it taught me a lot about how to stand up for myself with the, with those team guys and, um, and learn, just be sitting there as the complete non-expert in anything that we were doing. I mean, they were teaching me how to do like blow doors off hinges with, with uh, debt cord. I'd never done any of this stuff before, right? Like this is all brand new, but that right there was a, was a huge mental shift for me in knowing that I'm able to do things that I didn't know I was capable of. It brought me to a different, different spotlight in life. Um, uh, but obviously, there was a lot of turmoil involved with that as well and what that looked like, internal and external turmoil in, in those changes. Um, and then I ended up getting out of the military and I get married. And that was getting married was another one of those pivotal moments where... Um, the way I usually describe it is like we all have like wireframes that we've built in our life. Um, uh, mostly we've started those wireframes as a, as a young kid being raised by our parents. We've built this little box of how things, how we view things in the world. And it's very difficult yeah. to view from any other perspective, right? I mean, when you're building a website, you build wire, and I'm not a website person. So as I'm <laughs> saying this, if you are a website person, you're going to tell me I'm stupid, but I'm not. In, in this, in this scenario, scenario, I'm ignorant. But when you're building a website, you have a wireframe for the website. All your pages kind of fit the same wireframe. And if you want to redo that wireframe, you have to go through and restructure the whole thing, right? Um, we all have these wireframes to build our website. And that's how we view our life through this website. And my wife completely mangled my wireframe and said, no, this is, this is not how it needs to be built for finances um, and how I viewed my leadership in a family and how I viewed all this stuff. So um, the change was, uh, again, dramatic, both internal and external. I had to do a lot of internal soul searching on what it meant to you know, lead a family. Like now I'm married. What does this look like? Now I'm, uh, we're talking about kids. What does this look like? Uh, both internally and externally, like am I representing myself well to other people who are seeing me as a as a husband? Am I, um, you know, like there's, what does it look like? It looks like a, a massive amount of fear inside, and I still to this day have some of that fear that drives me. So it's not always just as as smooth as oh I'm driving after my goals, like you made it sound like at the beginning, like oh Adam likes to chase these things. No, like a lot of it's done out of fear, and I don't know where I'm going, and I, I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to screw something up, so I'm changing because I'm afraid I'm going to screw something up, which is not the best place. Like changing out of fear is not usually where you want to go, in my opinion. But um, I don't know if I'm actually answering your question, so I'll pause there and kind of throw it back over to you and, and see kind of. Oh, this is great. Like. So, so I wrote this down. Biggest change, the biggest change in my life have spun around an axis of an event. Yeah. And there, there's this, uh, this, this word that has been popping up in my life recently called Kairos, right? The, this moment that exists beyond the measurement of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what resonates in the reflection of my life and my changes too, that we have these events that they exist outside of, the normal day to day, and they are massive. They're like tectonic shifts. Even if they are subtle in the way we perceive them, they are tectonic shifts in the way that we operate, the way that we live. Our, our maybe our homestead. It could be our business. It could be uh, you. You leave the Air Force. Yeah. That that has to come with a whole different space and identity. You you lose your your network. You lose your familiarity. You lose structure. Yeah. That, that's a great example of of what it takes sometimes to make the greatest changes that that we make. And I also love the statement 
that uh, a lot of it can be done out of fear when we're changing to avoid a mistake. And, and I, I do resonate that that may not be the best way to change, but it is a motivator. Yeah. The the opposite of that is to be so fearful that you don't change. Yeah. Have you found yourself ever stuck in that place of, I want to change, but I'm actually being held back by fear of of what that change looks like? Uh, boy. Um Yes. And, and I'm, I know that there's multiple, like, even right now, I'm going through some of that, right? Like, what does this change look like in, um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to go to like, uh, Adam 3.0, right? I've, I've had multiple different shifts in who I am. Um, and if I can get to Adam 3.0, which, um, is internally getting out of my own way, right? Where internally I've held myself back and said, I'm, I'm just, you know, wake a lot of us have, you know, imposter syndrome, that type of stuff. Right. Um, but I get kind of stuck in this. I don't have a ton of value. So why should I open my mouth? I don't like, I'm just going to stick to what I know. I'm going to stay right here. Um, And then every time I do open my mouth, I realize, oh, wow, I do know a lot more than I thought I did. But then I go right back and I revert back to that old wireframe of like, no, like you're not the expert in any of this because, and I I think part of that is the military, right? Because um, as, as we're in the military and we're doing, doing our thing, there's always somebody above you that is telling you what to do, right? So I'm not the expert. I'm being told what to do by the expert and I go and execute it. Where now yes. as I'm out, I, I kind of am the expert, right? I, I know a ton about multifamily real estate. I'm not an expert at being a dad, but I know a ton about being a dad and I love being a dad. Um, do I still fail miserably at those things? Yeah, sure. Like I'm still making mistakes in all of the stuff, but I know a ton about it and I can, I can guide and help and mentor and coach people all day long about these things and get them on the right track. Um, I just stay in my own way and say, I'm not capable of doing it yet. Let me wait until I get X, Y, or Z done. Let me wait until I have met, you know, um, I'm, I'm rereading the gap of the gain right now because I really, nice. I'm, I'm smashing it into my head to realize like how far I've actually come uh, from where I was and why it's important to remember how far I've actually come because that's going to give me that, that extra understanding and confidence boost to get the heck out of my own way and go and achieve much greater things instead of being yeah. kind of stagnant where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm even going to be using it with my son. I want to bring that into our homeschool curriculum and have, uh, teach him gap in the gain um, because he does the same 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 sort of stuff I do. What do you know? I probably taught Crazy. him to do it, right? You know, like <laughs> he's probably seen me do it. Um, but uh, uh, but I, I do it all the time, trying to uh, I, I prevent myself from succeeding. Not not in a task. If I have a task, I chase it down and I make it happen. But I prevent myself from taking on a task because I'm afraid of of the success that it might bring me, or I'm afraid of the failure that somebody else might see out of that success. So, yeah, yeah, it's like the story around the task. Oh, constantly. Like, here's what this task means. If 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 I complete this task, or or at least my my stuck point is often if I set the task too far away from what I know myself to be, or the the comfort that I have, or the the thing that makes me feel like the task is achievable. But if I set that thing way far out, Mm -hmm. I'm immediately confronted with fear, with that's not me. Uh, uh, This statement is, this statement is all of us. I don't have a ton of value. Then I realize I know way more than I thought I Mm -hmm. knew. And then I go back to no, but, but, but I'm not the expert. And it's, it's almost this uh, accordion effect of like expand. And then you take this big breath and realize where you are, somewhere you've never been potentially, and we shrink back down or yeah. I shrink back down. And here's where I, I get stuck probably even more than that. That experience to me is is part of change. You mm-hmm. expand a little bit, then you kind of recoil, then you expand a little bit and you recoil. And you, you go almost go through that process 
enough times where the expansion just feels normal again. Yeah. It, it just becomes who you are. I get caught up telling myself stories about the expand shrink that prevents me from just doing it again. Yeah. And the like lies I tell myself about capability or yeah. the lies about whether or not that that shift is meant to be clunky. Like it, it's never pretty. Change yeah. is never pretty. How, how do you look at change now? So you've done it a couple times. You've mm-hmm. gone through this a couple times. If if you're looking at Adam 3.0, you've been through the update to 1.0. You've been through the the many updates in yeah. between that to 2.0. Do you have a different perspective of that change now? Um I do in so much that I'm I'm realizing that every time I've changed, good things have happened. So why in the world would I not continue to do that? Right. Like that's mind boggling. It's like <laughs> it, it and it's I mean, obviously we've done things in our life where good things didn't happen, right? But sure, you know, you you get bit and you realize I probably shouldn't do that again and you go back to it. But yet when we don't get bit, we're afraid to chase that down again, you know? And it, it's mm. It, it, I don't know why. Like, it's a meant, like, I don't know if it's a safety thing, a security thing inside of our brain, or if it's a, you know, sometimes I look at it and say, well, I, I know where I came from, and people from where I came from don't do those things. Like, that's, I'm not capable of doing those things. So it's a, it's a yes. mental jump. So I know all the stories that I've told myself. Um, the biggest thing that I recently started doing was journaling. I need to start doing it more. Like, I, uh, I'm trying to make it a habit. I've downloaded a habit app, and every time I've journaled thus far, I feel so much better at the end of it because I'm telling my, I'm I'm writing out the stupid stories that I've told myself, or I'm writing out the the unbelievably exciting goals that I have in front of me that I know I can go chase down, and it's a constant feed into my brain. So that's to me is part of turning into 3.0 is writing these things down, journaling it, reminding myself on a daily basis of what I'm capable of and what I've already accomplished. Um, I've changed my language about how I talk to my kids, even even within the last literally in the last couple of weeks when I started listening to uh, Gap in the Gain again, like congratulating them on where they've come from, like how far they've come already. And like, to me, that's going to be the next larger step in be able to do this. My whole life has been, I, I drive at a goal. You know, you, you talked about the transition with the military side of the house, right? And we, um, I don't want to go on a diatribe too awfully much, but I'm going to anyways. Um, military folks, right? We have uh, a terrible statistic of 22 veterans committing suicide every day. And one of the reasons that we that that we look at that, especially in in, in my company and and various other military veteran type of companies, is they lose their mission. You talked about it, right? Your identity is tied into being an airman, being a marine, being a you know a sailor, being a um, you know maybe you're a Navy SEAL. Like your identity is there, and when you leave, you've walked away from the identity. You don't even wear the same clothes anymore. Nothing. Like it's all like you've walked away from your identity. Not to mention you don't have that mission. You don't have that drive. You don't have that focus. You don't know, like no order has come down on where you're going to go and what you're going to go do um, that you are so used to just being able to accomplish at a moment's notice. Um, and now you're out and you're transitioning and you're like, well, what do I do now? You know, nobody's giving me mm-hmm. orders. Nobody's telling me what my mission is. Nobody's telling me where I need to go. Um, and now you need to find it internally, especially if you go to like the entrepreneur route, like I did, like, I, nobody, literally nobody. I don't have a boss at all. Like it's me and my partners running things, you know, and that's it. Um, so like writing these things down to transition and say, okay, well, these are the, these are the goals that I'm capable of doing. These are the goals and not even capable. These are the goals that I'm going to stretch myself to do. These are the things that my, my, uh, the people around me are going to help me do. And that was another thing, um, to go off on a side tangent, you'd said that I wanted, that I wanted to bring back is 
one of the things that one of the things that I always told myself was the only reason I've had success is because of the people around me. It's never been because of me. It's always been because mm. of the people around me. Um, and so I've started to, and it, it's it sounds self-serving, and in a way it is, but it, it it's also not. Is talk to the people around me and say, okay, what is it that I'm actually doing that is helping push this team forward? Not because I like I need to know mentally that I'm actually doing something so that I can I know I'm accomplishing a goal, I know I'm accomplishing a task, and that's going to give me that motivation to turn into 3.0 that really accelerates where I'm going. Um, because it, it's it, I'm telling myself a story, but I need somebody else to smack me across the face, and it's it's. Difficult to go down, and I went on three tangents. I apologize. What's what? <laughs> I love. I love three tangents. Uh, I love triangles. Are great. Triangles are my favorite <laughs> shape. Well, a, a few things there stand out. You know, the the way that you talk about not having a mission it yeah. is certainly prevalent and and pervasive in the military context. I, it exists beyond that, and, and I just so. want to touch on this for a moment. What? What I've experienced coaching a lot of people through transitions is is that same conundrum. It, it's almost as if every major life transition asks a question: Are you running from something or are you running to something? And, and if you're not running to something, it's really difficult to navigate a transition when that that could be the transition of fatherhood, the closure of a business, the sale mm-hmm. of a business. It could be you move cities. There, there's just a lot that goes into change when you're not clear on where you want to go. And, and I think for military, it, may, it would make sense. I, I don't have any military experience other than friends. It would make sense to say, okay, I don't have a mission and I need a mission. Like having yeah. a, something to pull me forward. I think beyond the military, the the challenge that all of us live in, in a world, especially if you live here in the States, where your production is in so many ways attached to your worth and value. Mm-hmm. If you don't have something pulling you forward, it can be really difficult to get up in the middle of of the night and you're like dreaming and sweating and fearful. Or you get up in the morning to go to work and, and it's not exciting and it's not compelling. Yeah. It, it, it's very scary to be in that that territory where there's not a reason. I, I don't like to use the word purpose because I think that word can be uh, mistakenly applied. Mm-hmm. Mission sounds really good because you can segment it. H- how do you install a mission? How do you find a mission? How have you found something that that really pulls you forward if you were put in a position where you went from having them passed down to you to now you're designing your own? So I, I lucked out in a way, or I should say I, I, I strategically set myself up to make sure that I had a mission already before I jumped ship. Um, I love that. Where I, while I was in, I was already building out what I wanted. Like for me, once I had my kids, like once I started having kids, my life changed completely. As you, I'm, I know, are are well aware, right? The second you have a child into your life, all like I've been wanting to be a dad since I was like 13. So I finally became a dad, like you know, 20 years after that, um, and. Uh, and it was like an unbelievable experience. Absolutely loved it. I traveled all the time for my job and my son. I was already doing some real estate stuff. Um, I'd already bought uh, an apartment building or two. Um, and my son came running up to me when I was taking the trash out. And he says, Daddy, 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 don't leave again. And he's crying his eyes out. And mm. that became an immediate new mission. How do I make sure that that face never enters that child again? Like I, I don't want to have to look at that again. 
Um, I did have to look at that again, right? Because I was still in the military. I still had to travel. I still had to do things. <laughs> but, but how can I make sure that I make this as little as possible? Um, mm. And so I create, like for me, I, the first thing I talk to everybody about, anytime I'm coaching them, anytime I'm um, mostly the first thing is what is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you talking to me right now? Why are you looking at apartment buildings right now? Why are you doing... Because if you don't have a solid why, my why is my mission. My why is for my family. Like they are... Mm-hmm. They're the reason I left the military. Like I didn't even get a retirement. I was only like two years from retirement. I said, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Um, uh, so I didn't get a retirement. I walked away. I'm running businesses. I work from home. I started homeschooling. All of my decisions have been based off of my why. They are my new mission. They are my new focus. Um, so if you're really wanting to do those shifts, like understand why you're wanting to do those shifts. Like Why is it that you're wanting to change these things? Have a good written down why. Understand what it is so that you're chasing the right thing. Otherwise, we could chase all the yellow butterflies in the world. You know, it's the same thing. Like when we're when like we we use EOS in our company. Um, um, so we've got you know our core values. We've got our you know our ten year vision. All the stuff written out. Right. Um, where do we want to be? If if things don't fit, like if people don't fit our core values, they're gone. If a decision doesn't fit our core values, it's gone. If it doesn't fit the reason why we're doing what we're doing, it's gone. We've restructured everything in our company because of that exact those exact reasons. Like we need to stay focused on what our mission is. So if you write out what your mission is and you know what you're chasing, it makes it makes that change a lot easier because you already have a pathway. Now it's just that's the, if it doesn't meet that mission, it doesn't meet that focus, then I'm not doing it. And that's what I that yes. I did, right? It doesn't, you know, we're out on a mission, you know, it, there was one mission in particular in Afghanistan where um it was a helicopter insert into a mountain. It was like a 24-hour long mission going going on doing chasing a a high value target out in the middle of Afghanistan. Um we're, we're briefing the mission, we're going over all this stuff, and we would bring um, ATVs out on these missions. And um, uh, which for me, I thought that was really awesome because that's not something I was used <laughs> to doing, right? Just riding around an ATV in the mountains of Afghanistan. That's pretty cool. Um, but um, they were like, all right, well, there's this section here on the map. We, we haven't, you know, we're not able to get there right now. We're going to go see what it is on the ground. But if we can't bring the ATV, then we're just like, if, if something happens, we're just going to burn the ATV to the ground and keep on going. And literally, the, like, the plan was to burn it to the ground because sometimes, like, you, if you're not focused on the mission, you're going to get stuck on how do I get this ATV across that that chasm? How do I get this ATV over here? No, it has, this ATV has nothing to do with the mission. The mission is that. So if it doesn't work for it, then we get rid of it. We're done with it. Like literally burn a piece of equipment to the ground so we can continue on to the mission and wow. make it happen, right? So in our own life, if we could figure out what that ATV is, like do, have we reached a spot where this is no longer valuable anymore? It's time for it to go. Like it was valuable for now. It carried our rucksacks. It moved us along. It was great. It's time to burn it to the ground and move on. Like that's, you have to be focused on where the mission is. Dude, that is such an important concept. So the ATV sort of represents the things that have gotten us to where we are. Yeah. That we got to let go of. Yeah. Like, look, I don't know where you're at, where you're listening to this. I don't know what kind of change you're encountering. But what Adam just shared right there about the ATV, let's zoom out from the mission. Letting stuff go Mm. that is no longer required is an important part of change. So two questions. One, when you think about the decisions that you've got to make as you pursue something, I I really love that you said, all all my decisions are based on my why. Mm And that context is really important. If if you don't have that, it's very difficult to figure out what do you cut. Yeah, you don't you don't have a, a reason to make significant cuts. You also may not face big truths. But it, it sounds way easier to burn an ATV than it does to burn a relationship. It, mm-hmm. or, or it sounds way easier to burn an ATV 
and way cooler. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> than like leaving the city that you you feel connected to, you feel important in, mm-hmm. and you feel grounded and centered in. What have you done that has enabled you to cut it, burn it, and keep on your mission? Yeah, I'd say leaving the military was probably that biggest one in my entire life thus far, right? And I had to have a lot of conversations with my wife, right? Because any any major life decision, I have I have conversations with my wife, almost any decision period. Like, um, we just talk a lot. Her and I have really good communication, and I think it's done a lot for us um, uh, to make make it through any of the hard changes and transitions that we've done. Getting a getting getting advice like that's 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 why I was saying I'm talking to my wife. Uh, understanding like I, getting balanced advice from the right people. Um, mm. You know when I'm when I'm talking to other folks about you know I, I again I'm very passionate about being a dad. I talk to a lot of dads, um, and I you know one thing I talk to folks about all the time like when I was in the military is like you are going to make an impact on your kids whether you're in the house or not, right? And if you are going and seeking for advice um, about whether or not you should get a divorce, sitting at the bar next to a guy who's already been divorced you're probably going to go and get a divorce. You're not seeking for advice in the right spots. So I seek counsel mm. from folks who have been there before, who have made these life transitions, who um, can help me make sure that I'm not acting emotionally. I'm not you know, reacting to something, but I'm actually responding to it. I'm actually thinking through the stuff. Um, and then I say, hey, like... This, the advice, like the people I've asked for advice are in agreement. We all kind of understand where it's going. It, I should probably just make this decision. Um, and, you know, it, you have to know that it's right for you. Is it going, are we going in the right direction? Again, if I've created my why and understand what it is, and I like it, going, I've gone seven layers deep on what my mission and my why actually is, then it, it shouldn't be a problem at all. I've explained everything. I know where we're at. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow after, when I do this. I don't know for sure. You know, I, I, I've worked out some various scenarios. I told my wife, I said, okay, worst case scenario when I leave. Um, let's say all of my apartment buildings fall apart. Um, you know, the, the, the Airbnb we have just completely goes to crap and we end up selling it anyways, but, um, everything goes bad. Like I, like ADPI falls apart. I'm miserable at everything that I do. I suck at life. You still have a good solid job with great benefits. We're not going in like, we're going to be fine. Like, so I've created a safety net already to help me with my decisions, which makes taking a little bit of risk a little bit easier. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so when I am doing that, Sometimes we don't all have, we don't all have that safety net. I was blessed enough to be able to have that safety net. The safety net is you, though. If you are, if you've asked all those questions, you know what you're doing. Your safety net is your ability to go and make things happen. So go and make a thing happen. Go do it, and you know, get out of your own way, as you were, <laughs> as you would say. Man, it's really cool to hear. Just, just one. I, I appreciate the communication that you have with your wife. Um, having been able to spend time with you and your family, it's, it's really something I admire and aspire to duplicate. You know, I, I also love the idea of get advice from people who have been there. And I, I'm, I'm curious to know this. When I think of the, the, the end of that line, who have been there, you know, I, I, look, at, I look at change and, and growth. And especially if you're on a growth curve, if you're like really pursuing a dream, mm-hmm. if, if you're really after doing something that's unconventional, you, you have like... Typically, an environment that is not conducive to that thing. In, in most cases, you have an environment that, that might actually resist you going where you want to go, mm-hmm. right? W- whether you're leaving the military or you're quitting your job to build a business or you're going through a massive life transition, your environment, even, even having a kid, you, you go from like, let's go out on a Friday to we're watching Disney movies, like leave <laughs> me alone. And 
No Disney to in my house. That trend. What's that? That's a, no Disney in my house. Thank you very much. No Disney. Come on. Disney's great. <laughs> uh, the the idea though of of people who have been there requires you to change your environment. Yes. And and I I love that as a reminder. If if you're going through pinning down a goal or you already have the dream, the goal developed, putting yourself in an environment with people who have been there before, who have done it, who are pursuing mm-hmm. it, and almost who are very real about it. Not not to be lost in the the days of things, but I there's a practicality to seeking advice from people who have have walked it. What have you had to do both mentally and maybe financially to put yourself in with people who have been there before? Have yeah. you had to invest in I, I know you do coaching that I'm sure is a big part of it, but what else have you had to decide so that you can be around those people? Yeah. So um, there's a few things, right? One, one GoBundance, you and I are in GoBundance together, which is a phenomenal group of, of, of men who are striving to be uh, better in all, in all facets of life, not just business, not just it's as money is barely even one of the, like barely even one of the things that's discussed. Right. But um, uh, so I've, so, even to the level, I'll tell you, I, I, when I first told my mom about uh, real estate, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy apartment buildings," and she laughed when I said it out loud. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. and I told her, I said, "I I will never share these things with you if that's how I'm gonna get reacted to." And it, it, it like I will talk to you about anything else, no problem. I'm just not gonna share my aspirations and goals of what I'm doing if that's. And she's like, "Oh my gracious, I didn't even realize what I was doing. I'm so sorry." And and mm. I was willing to not even ever tell my mom about my aspirations and goals because I knew that that would be a spot where I would be torn down just hearing the laughter, right? And just know like, because again, in her brain, she's trying to protect me. In her brain, this isn't something that, you know, labars do. Like we don't, that's not, that's not what we do. Like we'll buy apartment buildings. Like, you know, like we, we, we make powdered milk. What do you mean we buy an apartment <laughs> building? You know, like, that's, you know, this isn't what we do. Um, but, uh, but it, it, it was one of those like I I had to adjust who I talked to and how like the words that came out of my mouth greatly. Like um, I didn't tell the same stories before anymore. I didn't chase the same thing. Like I don't I don't sit here and and talk about the glory days of the military anymore because that's that's behind me. Like I don't need that anymore. Um, I need what's going on in front of me. Like there's uh, nice. so there's there's two things I want to uh, relay in this that that I think fit is I was just interviewing a guy for my podcast, Paul Malella. Um, he's a, a, a grandmaster, like martial artist, does all sorts of crazy stuff, right? But um, he gifted his kids these three swords, one small, medium, and then the large. And he tells a story to them about it. Like, hey, the small represents your past, right? Um, the reason it's small is because it, it's happened in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't affect what you do tomorrow, right? It doesn't affect what you do today. You can look at it. You can understand what it is, but it's a small piece of you. If you're driving in the car and you're only looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to crash. If you make that the biggest part of your life, it's what happened in the past. The, the mm. medium one is the present. You want to be enjoying the time in the car. You want to be able to talk to your, uh, your spouse and your kids. You want to be able to enjoy that time in the car. But if you just stay focused inside of what's happening right now, you're going to crash. Like you're not going to be able to get to the next thing. And then the, the large sword represents the big future you have in front of you. Um, so looking at where you're going and understanding that everywhere, like the, the forward progress is what matters and getting to the, the larger goal of where you're at is what matters. Um, so if, if somebody is not fitting inside, that larger goal, then, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you that you need to cut people out and you need it. Like sometimes you do, sometimes there's a toxic relationship and you just need to cut it. And that just needs to be the way it goes. 
Um, but the thing that I've applied before I learned, like bef- that I think fits also is um, we have we have like one hour friends, one weekend friends, and one week friends, right? <laughs> Magic. And it's your. I don't remember where I got it. I don't. I don't think it was my original thought. I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere else. I wish I could give credit to whoever it was that heard it. But um, I have I have friends that are great people to hang out with for an hour. If I do much more than that, I'm probably like the the net benefit on the on the conversation or the relationship is probably not there, right? I want to keep the conversation. I really like them as people. I I enjoy them as friends. But an hour is really all I need. I can take them out to lunch. We can go enjoy some. Or go have a nice dinner and a drink. No big deal. Um, then there are other people that I'd like to hang out with for a whole weekend. Like, hey, we can spend a weekend together. We, our families can get together to do stuff. Um, but after that, maybe it's not the growth that I need. And there are people I spend a whole week with. Like, we're just, it doesn't matter where we're at. We'll be in the middle of the woods. We spend a whole week. We grow together everywhere we go, the things that we do. So surrounding myself by as many one-week friends as I can would be where I think this is the primary thing to do, right? I mean, if you're spending a whole week with a one-hour friend, then you're losing out on a lot, um, a lot of opportunities. So... Um, that has been one of the things that I've tried to apply in my brain of, of how do I make sure that I'm hanging out with one week friends instead of um, one hour friends. So I want to get a little tactical on that. Yeah. Because principally, I understand that. I, I, can, I can relate to that, that segmenting. One hour, mm-hmm. one weekend, one week. What kind of things have you installed in your life that help you get more around weak people? Is it... You're really good at saying no. Is it a calendar? Is it an assistant? Is it a system? Like, what is it that lets you, like, how do you get to a place where you can say, I'm spending my time around one week people. I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to put my money, my energy, my time, my love Mm -hmm. into this versus the other things. Some of it, I think, happens naturally where, you know, you're just, if, if you are striving to actually make the changes, it's just going to happen naturally. Um, hey, can, hey, let's go out and grab like let's go get drunk this weekend. No, I'm sorry, I've got this other thing that's going on. And then slowly they're gonna stop asking you to go out and get drunk on the weekend because well Very true. Adam's Adam's not doing that stuff anymore. Aaron's not doing that stuff anymore, right? Um, yep. you know, and, and maybe some of them are gonna be like, Oh, well, he's he's too good for us now. And that's that's fine. Like that is that going to be part of it. Um, and that's okay. And it's not because you're too good for them, it's that you have stronger, higher goals and values than they do in what they're chasing. Um Maybe they're staying a little, focused a little bit too much on the small sword and not the large sword, right? Um, nice so, uh, you know, reminiscing over all the good times that they had, right? So, um, so I, I, some of it happens naturally. Some of it happens just you. You have to just take the effort to say, you know what, I'm going to. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me recently and say, hey, like I want to get together. I said, okay, let's get you on my calendar. And it's not because it. it like some people, I will clear my calendar for. Some people I know, like, let's find some time on the calendar to be able to put you in there. And it's not because I'm being disrespectful to that person. It's just because like there are things in my life I have to stay focused on. Again, if it doesn't line up with what I'm doing, I stay disciplined with my ta- my 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 path, my tasks, where I want to go, what my vision is, um, so that I know that I'm doing the right things. And now it helps for me, honestly, because I, you know, there's, there's a, a logic brain and the emotional brain, and I am so far toward the logic brain that uh, it makes it really easy for me to not, uh, almost in a in a bad way, not care about what other people think, um, feelings wise. Um, I care about what they think about the things that I do, but not in. It's weird. I've got a, a weird relationship with with what I think about how other people think about me. But 
I don't like the things that I say, I don't wonder what it means to them. Like I just say what I think is logical and makes sense and I move on. So that's works out for me. Um, but again, some of it comes naturally. Some of it, you have to be very disciplined and just say, Hey, if it doesn't fit where I'm going, then I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I've had multiple people come up to me and want partnerships on deals. And it just, I'm, I'm not going to create a partnership out of nowhere. I've got multiple people I, I'm already good partners with, you being one of them. Like, I don't, I don't want to bring somebody else into that fold. I need to stay focused on, on the one-week people to make sure that I'm going in the right direction. I, I really want to appreciate that. And, and I, I've seen the way that you show up and the way that you filter some of these things. When, when you said... I need to find space on the calendar and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. That what, what came to mind for me was that if you don't hold that boundary, you almost disrespect you. Yeah. you. You would disrespect yourself. You would disrespect your mission. You would disrespect all that you put in. And to me, that's a, that's a big part of my story and my growth is to get to a place to say, wait a minute, if I, if I just say yes all the time... Mm. Where, where where am I? Where's yeah. how am I valuing myself or or my dream or hey I'm happy to help you and I'm I'm in a profession where helping other people is what I do yeah. and also I got to make sure that I take care of me and I, I can appreciate the the natural part of that. I also really love making choices and talking about making choices that that ultimately take you where you want to go versus being accidental. There's a lot of intention that you bring into this. And sometimes that, that sounds um, like heavy to carry. Like you've got to make all these choices all the time and you've got to wield this power and you, you've got to be discerning about every moment. I think that the biggest gift in growth is that as you start making cuts, it's much easier to make future cuts. Yeah. Like you, you just don't, have the same kind of fears and hesitations to that. I also know that it's much easier said than done sometimes. Very when much going so. through it. Yeah. I think so. Um, Jocko Willink, this and a basic thing, discipline is freedom, right? If you have the discipline and know what your mission is, then if it doesn't fit your mission, you just don't do it, right? Then you have the discipline. <laughs> right. Like you don't have to filter it and think through it. It's just like, hey, this is my mission. This is where I'm chasing. This is what I'm chasing. Like does going out and getting drunk tomorrow night fit that? Well, no, it doesn't. Like, it's not, it's not even a debate. Uh, well, you know, I mean, if I go out and get drunk and then I'm able to do uh, this on the next morning, then it's, you know, and then I start playing with my mission and I start playing with my values. Well, that, I'm no longer disciplined in it, which means now I get to sit here and ponder it in my brain a whole lot more, right? And it just doesn't, like, that's not the route we should be going. Like, stay disciplined in what your craft is. I'm just as guilty of it. I'm saying it like I'm an expert at this. I'm not. Like, I fail miserably at this multiple times. But it's a reminder constantly of no, like, do these fit where we're going? This does this match what I'm doing? Um, uh, and that's, that's kind of, again, discipline equals freedom. So have the discipline, know what it is, chase it down. That's why I have the core values for my business written up on my whiteboard. So I can always look at it and say, Hey, does the decision I'm about to make, does the email I'm about to send match that? Are we, uh, am mm. I actually being positive? Am I actually being relentless in my actions? Am I actually going through these steps? Before we do this, and like, is the decision I'm making about somebody's pay structure changing, matching what I'm talking about? Like everything, like it's got to be filtered through it. Um, and it, it, you know, you're saying it sounds daunting, and it, it does at the beginning. But once you realize that you've created, you know, in, in real estate, we call things like a buy box. What is my buy box, right? And it helps you stay focused, right? I'm 
you know, if I'm giving somebody a 30 second elevator pitch, I'm buying 1970s, 1980s built apartment buildings, B and C class um, that have a little bit of room for value add to make sure that I know what I'm, what I'm getting. I prefer 75 units or above because I like to have somebody that's on on site um, be able to manage it. And usually those are the ones that can afford on site management. Okay, well, if I get a, a, a 12 unit apartment, it doesn't fit inside that buy box. So I don't check that email. I just delete it. Right. It's the same yeah. thing. Like we're just doing it with relationships. We're doing it with decisions in our life. Like if, if it doesn't fit within my buy box to go out and get drunk on Friday, then I'm not going out and getting drunk with my buddies on Friday. Yeah. It's an easy no. Have you found that your relationship with no has changed as you've grown? That it becomes easier to, to, to just get it out and not deliberate and not spend all this time on it? Um, no, I wish it did. I wish it did, but it hasn't. It hasn't gotten that much easier. I'm. I have a tendency to want to say yes to a lot of things. Still, um, uh, even I still catch myself looking at those those twelve unit apartments. Or you know, I was, I, I was <laughs> did a, an ask me anything for my my uh, education company yesterday, and I was sitting there and somebody was telling me, well, you know, I've got a lot of knowledge in real estate because I do this and I do that and I do this, you know, as a real estate agent. And I was wondering if like, do I really have to worry about like niching down? And then I'm like. Yes, because now you're going to be distracted by all the stuff. And now you have to have the management. You have to have seven different sites, types of management structures to be able to do all of this. So yeah. like, yes, you have to do that. And then I think to myself, yeah, you knucklehead, you do this all the time. Every time I drive by an apartment building, I look at it, I'm like, ooh, or I drive by a for sale sign, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> or I drive by a car wash. I'm like, I wonder if that's for sale. Like, I'm, I'm constantly doing it. And then I have to come back. And there's, I don't remember which podcast, but I think it was like an Andrew Huberman podcast or something. Um, somebody was talking about how they, they, had, they had set rules up for themselves. They like to say yes. So they made a rule that they will not break. They never say yes on the phone. Um, so they're having a conversation. It's easy for us to get excited in the conversation. They're, like, there's that connection. There's an the emotional connection to say, hey, like, oh, yes, let me, let me get to yes. And it's, so they lay out on the phone call at the end. Hey, I've got a rule. I never say yes on the phone. Let me take this back and think about it. Um, and that way, the other person's like, dude, yeah, they've got a rule. Let them, like, I'm going to respect their rule. It's not just, you're not ending the call by going, oh, I mean, oh, yeah, let me get back to you. And then you're kind of holding up. No, like, I've got this rule. I don't say no, or I don't say yes on the phone, um, or I don't give an answer on the phone. Let me go back and think about it. And that way, when you set those wow. rules in place, it gives you the freedom to go, ah, let me... Let me take it back. Actually ponder it. Is this actually does this actually fit in, or am I magically going to have something on my calendar in six months that I wasn't expecting? And all of a sudden now I'm committed, and I said yes, and I'm going to do it because I, I'm a man of my word. And it's like, man, I'm screwing myself because I can't do X, Y, or Z anymore. You know, so um, I really like that, and I want to take that back for myself. That was like two days ago. I heard that, so um, it's a good reminder for myself to never say yes immediately. Like always put it on ice. I love that rule. I might have to do that too. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I love the enthusiasm that I can have about something in a moment, like th there's something really special mm -hmm. about, I'm really yeah. excited. Let's do this. And I, I also think in the, the conversation of change, that can be a really important element. Like if you're not excited mm -hmm. about it, you're certainly not going to go through the discomfort that is letting things go or burning ATVs or, or what have you. Yeah. But it can be a killer when you start saying yes all the time and you're signing up for all this shit that you don't know and you're not sure what it really is and you're committed to. And then my, my biggest challenge, I, I get in my own way all the time with this. And I have worked very hard to become a reformed people pleaser and not a people pleaser. And it's almost <laughs> a, like a compulsion to just say yes and, yeah. and like go. But what I've been working yeah. on is what can I do here in this decision tree moment to defer back to something that is much less emotional? 
And this is sort of what you mentioned with the core values. Like, can I filter what I'm about to do through some kind of litmus test Mm -hmm. that isn't as emotional as I am? I'm probably more art than I am science. I think you're more science than art, just in in the way that you organize logically. And both have a lot of value. But a filter is way better, so much better at making choices. Uh, I I can remember sending a text message. Someone asked me to dinner. And I... I immediately was like, yeah, man, no problem. And like six seconds later, I was very, very sure that I had made a mistake. And <laughs> for something like dinner, you can always opt out. Right? Yeah. You can always say like, okay, hey, I can't make it or hey, I, I need to change plans. But that's a really small commitment. Sometimes we say yes to big commitments, lifelong commitments. Yeah. Um, the, the last guest we had on was was telling his story. You know, Jamie Gruber was, was talking about mm-hmm. how the like the relationship, the engagement that he had just kept just kept going because yeah. this this like tie to the commitment had never really been addressed. Uh, and I've I've grappled with that for a long time, mostly because it's an it's an uncomfortable uh, renegotiation or or just telling your truth about why you said yes in the first place. I, I hate yeah. those moments. They're also really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the story we tell ourselves is going to be just as powerful too. Because we could tell ourselves that we said yes because of any a number of reasons, but you really have to narrow in. Like, why? Like, why did I actually say yes to this? And if like that is like chipping away at your soul sometimes. <laughs> like, I said yes because I know that deep down I'm a people pleaser and just want to make sure that I'm always looked at in that way. And like, whatever it is, like, so really narrow down what it is because you. We could, we're really good at telling ourselves stories. Yeah. So we could tell ourselves another story about why we said yes. Oh, I said yes because this person means a lot to me and I really want it, like I, I would love to go to dinner with them. Okay, is that actually the truth? Or did you say yes because you didn't want the the hard feeling of saying no? Right. Like, like there's there's multiple different ways to look at it. So just make sure you're telling yourself the right reason. You know, I, I was thinking about this as as you shared that because I've gotten caught in that before and, and have found myself in the moment going through the questions but mm-hmm. but here's something that that comes up when I when I look at my future self and I, I'm really excited about who that is and and I've identified where I want to change and, and some of the things that need to happen there there's like a reverse engineering that has been very helpful and I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I I think from the outside you've done this really well if you've got to start journaling in the morning, and you can't mm-hmm. get up and you struggle to like rise with the alarm you you almost have to start following the breadcrumbs back to to what's what's happening so that I can't get up am i staying up too late am i watching netflix there's almost this connecting thread between here's the the objective that i want here's the person that i want to be and on the complete other side there might be things that are in the way not not necessarily in a in a straight line either Right, we might say, "Well, uh, journaling is tough," but if you're not waking up, you've got to go back to the the prior day. Are you is your diet bad? Is your is your health out of order? Are you not sleeping? Are you going to bed too late? Are you watching? Are you blue screened out before you go to bed? H- how have you gone about like auditing what stays, like the ATV, what stays and what gets burned? Because from a practical sense. It, it always sounds much easier than it is. It always sounds like, well, if I want to be healthy, I'll just go to the gym. Th- there's a lot of factors that go into this. 
So how, how do you, wh- where does your logic mind go when, when you're looking at your future self and you're trying to draw the lines of connection between what needs to change and what needs to stay? So I think there's, uh, boy, I don't do a great job with it, like the, especially the journey thing, right? So one thing, I'll go back to Jocko Willink again, because um, uh, he gets asked all the time, well, how do you wake up at 4.30 in the morning every morning? You know, and it like, you know, I, I can never get myself to bed early enough. And he's like, well, if you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, guess what you're going to do the next early. night? You're going to go to bed earlier because you're going to be exhausted. If you wake up and go work out, like the only way to wake up earlier in the morning is to wake up early in the morning. And one of the things that I've, I, I used to do, and I literally last night was telling my wife I need to do it again is I set my used to set my phone on the other side of the room. So when my alarm got off, I had to get out of bed, walk across the other side of the room to actually shut it off. And it's much easier when you're already out of bed to not hit the snooze button and get back yes. into bed because you're already out of bed. Like it's the same thing. I don't remember who it was that talked about it. Um, uh, but the first the first step, I think it was maybe Jesse Itzler. He's like, first thing, just put your put your like running clothes out in the morning. Like maybe you don't go run in the morning, but you've already put them out in the morning. You've set it up. And then when you wake up, you're like, okay, well, I've already done that one step. I might as well put them on, right? Okay, well, now that I've put them on, I might as well go outside and do it, right? So if you're 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 setting yourself up, uh, Atomic Habits is a, uh, one of the yeah, books that, that kind of talks about habit stacking, like getting those things set up that help you succeed moving forward. Like these little habits stacked on top of each other help make sure that you're doing the right things. Um, uh, so like, there, it's very difficult to just up and change things, right? And I still, and you got to give yourself some grace on it as you're working through it. Like I'm trying to give myself some grace. I got myself an accountability buddy on my my, and I've got to give Tom a hard time because he hasn't been poking me enough. But um, I got accountability buddy on the habit app to say, hey, like you're not you're not following through on your habits. What do you got going on? So I've put somebody there to call me out when I'm not doing something. Nice. Um, I've I've. Uh, actually has it written down. I've set my phone up to where in the morning, it's the only thing that's on my home screen is my habits. Okay, have I have I met these things yet? Um, and you know, no, I haven't. So I need to get to work on this, right? Um, so just putting things in your own way so that you are not in your own way, <laughs> right? Like, because I will gladly hit the snooze button. But if I have it on the other side of the room, well, now I'm out of bed. It's hard to hit the snooze button. If I will gladly not journal today, but if I have to ha- get poked all the time by my buddy to say, hey, you had been journaled in two days, what the heck are you doing? Then that like, okay, well, let me go back. And because I'm like, that's actually getting in my own way if I'm not following through with those habits. Because the only way for me to get these things going is to go and do them. So now I've told myself a story on why I don't, I shouldn't do it today or why I can't do it right now or why I don't have the time. Well, I'm getting in my way again. Like it's time for me to step out Make sure I just do the thing, stay disciplined, make it happen, and move forward. So um, putting those systems in place and putting those habits in place is one of those things that I, I do to try to... And I'm still, again, not an expert at it. I don't want anybody to hear this and think to themselves, boy, Adam's got this down. Not a daggum chance. I don't, not at all. Still working on it. Much, much progress happening. Well, those are, those are still really good pieces of advice. So the Adam's had them so fast. I'll, I'll recount them so that you can write them out too. Uh, number one would be an accountability. Nobody's buddy. ever told me I talk fast. That's that's new to me. I don't. I've I've been in rooms where you get so excited and so giddy that it would you're like time traveling when you talk. You're just so fast. It's amazing. It's it happens. Yeah. 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 So number one was accountability, buddy. Finding somebody that can help you and poke you to make sure that you're staying on track with what you set in your change. Number two, I really love this one. Home screen, making that your list, your goal, your dream, your change, your shift. 
Uh, Adam mentioned it being the list of habits that he has in a day. The, the idea of putting things in front of you is, is a really big one. I, I'm a big believer that where you put your goals matters almost as much as your goals, whether that's glass boards or pictures or frames or phone. If you don't see it often, you're going to forget about it. So the third was you know, put the things that you want in front of you in some shape or form. Those are good, man. Those are real good. Well, thanks. Here's a, here's a question just as we kind of dwindle down. I have watched many people that go through change and go through hardship with such a beautiful optimism. I, I think you're one of those people. I, I've, I've been in conversations with you where things aren't going well. I've been in conversations where we've had to make difficult choices, even in, in running a property together and, and running a short-term rental that did really well. Going through change will naturally present hardship. It will naturally like stress systems. That's the, that's the point. Like, if we want something different, you got to go through different experiences. But you, you have a, a demeanor and a candor around difficulty that is rather optimistic and, and skews towards, hey, this is part of the whole journey. It's, it's like you've accepted that hard stuff comes with great stuff. It's, it's a beautiful perspective that, that I hope others mirror and I, I hope your kids see in you too. How can someone adopt the same kind of mentality? Or, or how would you even define that mentality? Is it, is it of groundedness in that we take the good with the bad? Is it, is it a different perspective that, that you can explain to us? Is it, is it just who you are? Like, how, how do you navigate that? Because you, you navigate it beautifully, my friend. Uh, well, thank you. And I, I'd say that I don't want, as I'm saying this out loud, somebody to say, oh, well, I haven't done that in the past, so this isn't going to work well. So because that's not that's not the point. Um, I'll just explain to you some of the, the history for me that, that has had. So I was not this way at all for a very long time. Um, I was very like passive in a lot of my stuff. I didn't I didn't like stress test anything. I, I, I tried to avoid hard situations. Um, uh, and I would say, honestly, uh, as weird as it says to say out loud, going to war really helped a lot <laughs> in that, right? Because you don't, you don't have a choice in what's going on, right? My buddy used to call it the death lottery, um, because you know, you're going outside the wire. You don't know if today's your day or not. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if there's going to be a bomb there. You don't like, I can't control that. All I can do is control myself right now and know what I'm going to do. Ooh. Like if, if something is going on, I, all I can do is control myself. I actually thrive in environments that are a little bit more stressful. Um, and I think it's because of those types of experiences in sure. my life that like, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm not by any means recommending anybody to go to war. It's probably not the best place to, uh, to try to see if... if <laughs> to try to <laughs> pick up some of these skills. There's a lot better ways in life to do it. Um, uh, they may take a little longer, but there's better ways in life to do it. So uh, for me, I've just realized that like when, when something is going, like when I have a deadline, when something is happening, when, when there's stress, like I'm ready to go at a moment's notice, no matter what. But when I give myself that time to think and I sit, that's when I start to really second guess myself. When I pull back and I like, I really doubt myself. Am I capable of doing this? Is this going to be the right decision? Am I able to do these things? Uh, but when the, when the pressure's there, I'm ready to go at a moment's notice. So how, how did I get to that point? Um, putting myself in stressful situations, right? I mean, you can't, you can't expect to be good under fire unless you've been under fire. Mm -hmm. You can't expect to, you know, be able to like, it, nobody is a, 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 
if you know, there's conversations like are leaders born or are leaders, you know, created? I think they're created. I mean, there are some there are some things around us that just kind of, you know, help us, you know, nature wise to just be leaders. But I think that it, by far they're created. I've seen good leaders. I've seen bad leaders. I've seen people that can manage manage stress and people that can't. I had one. <laughs> we were doing one. Um, in a previous life, I also did uh, criminal and counterintelligence investigations, and we were doing a, a murder investigation. And um, the leader that was like, they sent me in uh, to assist on some stuff um, that wasn't my wasn't my boss, wasn't my show. I was just there to help um, uh, and try to give give an idea of what was happening in the background. And the leader that was on the scene there was the opposite of a leader, mm. like completely fell apart, didn't know, like she just had not been through enough stressful situations and had not put herself in the right frame of mind to take on the changes that were happening. And it was like, it, it, it was so obvious. Um, uh, and for me, I was ready to go like, okay, well, you're going to go here. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And we do, like, let's move on. It's not my scene. It's not my thing, but I'm going to just like, let, somebody has to take charge and move things forward. So we did and we got it done. Um, but it was only because I'd been through a bunch of other various scenarios that put me in there. So if you're not putting yourself in those scenarios, and if you want to go into those stressful situations, I usually say, go with somebody again who has done it, right? Like if, if it's real estate, then find somebody who's done... I'm saying that because that's what I do now, right? Find somebody who's done these deals before, right? I had, got, I had a buddy of mine that gave me a call. Like I got into an assisted living facility because it wasn't going so well. They had a contractor do bad things that walked mm. out on him. He gave me a call said, I know you've been through some of these things before. Can you come in on this partnership and and help me out? I said, absolutely. Like he called somebody who he knew had been through this scenario before to help make sure that he was making the right decisions and move forward. You're like, do that all the time. I am such a massive advocate of talking to other people all the time. Like you've got to reach out and ask for help. Um, I'm typically not great at it, but I know it needs to be done. Um, so um that's, I think, how I've been able to do it is I've I've put myself into a lot of scenarios. Sometimes I've been forced into it, sometimes I've I've purposely put myself into scenarios that were difficult to help me be able to react to change in a very much more calm, mild-mannered way. Because again, my my logic brain is what usually goes goes to though. And it's if it's logical to make this move, then I'm doing it. Um, and that's it's much easier in a high-stress scenario to deal with logic than it is emotion. Because emotion could take you a bunch of different directions in a high-stress scenario where logic it just goes to what makes sense. It sounds like you have a really good trust of yourself in, in those situations. In those situations, yes. When I let my emotional brain take over, I not so much. I don't. I don't trust my emotional brain almost ever. Like it's very rare um, that I trust the the decisions that that part of my brain makes. Because almost every time I've let my emotions make a decision, it's gone poorly. Mm. So I just I I let my logic brain take over um, and do what I can to realize when emotions are taking. Like okay, I'm feeling something. If I'm feeling something, that means I'm in the wrong part of my brain. I need to go back to what what is what like what actually makes sense. Hmm. It's it's interesting to to boil it down simply if you want to be able to handle high stress situations and change better, get in high stress situations and change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like but be around people who've been it, done it. Like you don't want to throw yourself like <laughs> if to go back to the combat side of the house, right? I don't want to if I've never shot a gun before. Go all right, we're going. I'm going in. Let's go figure it out. <laughs> like no, like be wise, like be smart about it, make good decisions. But you ha- like start small. Like go to the gun range, put yourself in a situation you haven't been. Like that's a, if you've never shot guns before, that's a pretty stressful situation. Like there's people shooting guns all over the place. You can, like targets are getting hit. Like all things are happening. So um, go, but. 
put yourself in the situation. You've got to do it. That's the only way to make it happen. Um, I think it's like um, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, right? He talked about how he was going to business school. And he was like, I'm sitting here listening to all these people who are teaching me business school and have never, not one, not one of my professors have ever ran a business. How are they teaching me how to do it, right? <laughs> if you're surrounding comedy. yourself by people who've never done it, like, <laughs> what's the point? Oh like, what is the point? I'm not learning anything in this scenario, <laughs> you know? So put yourself in the stressful situation with people who've been there before that can walk you through it. Yeah. Yeah, and I know with you being a coach, there, there's a belief that you can help others. I know that also as a coach, one of the, the most important pillars as a coach is that you also get help, that you also find support. It's just yeah. a, it becomes a way of life, right? If I'm going to be the one yeah. to, to show up when someone raises their hand, then I've also got to be able to raise my own hand and, and ask. Um, yeah. Okay. Final question. This is your final exam, so to say. <laughs> uh, what's it mean to get out of your own way? What's that mean to you? Um, for me personally, it, it is nine times out of 10, it's getting out of my own head gets me out of my own way. I don't, like in, in my business, I typically like I know who's supposed to be doing what job. Um, so I let them do their job. Uh, but for me, it is getting out of my own brain. Like what am like, if I'm going to get out of my way, it's going to be what I need to adjust the story I'm telling myself because I'm telling my I tell myself a ton of mm. stories um, about why I can't do this or why I can't do that. Um, or why I shouldn't do this or why I shouldn't do that. And I justify things. So getting out of my own way is just saying, hey, um, don't should all over yourself, right? Get like just go and do what you're supposed to do. Like get get rid of the mental crap. Know that you've got the confidence and ability to make these things happen. Don't you know uh, arbitrarily create stressful situations so that I can go and act in those ways. Like just like you've got it. Like you've got a handle on it. So uh, for me, getting out of my own way is very much a mental thing more than anything else. I love that. I, I don't know what you all got from this conversation, but I have a rolodex of notes. Uh, the one that I still really come back to you mentioned it when we first started the biggest changes have spun around the axis of an event so if if you've been tuned in here and adam has inspired you i'd, I'd encourage you to follow him he's doing a lot of really cool things with his podcasts with his companies with his work he's a dude you you are the person that is making an impact and and you certainly know a lot more and offer a lot to to many people so again like give adam a follow uh, shout him out. Reach out to him if you're ready to invest and, and want to learn more about what he's doing. Uh, tell us a little bit about your businesses and where people can reach you, and then we'll wrap this yeah. thing up. Yeah. So uh, I've got a couple different things. I do. Uh, um, I'm the COO of an education company called Active Duty Passive Income. We teach military members and veterans how to invest in real estate. My core focus is multifamily. That's what I've done for the most part is uh, buy apartment buildings. I never bought a single family house as an investment other than the one that you and I bought. And I already had almost 400 doors of apartment buildings before I ever bought a single family house. So that is my expertise is apartment buildings. Um, um, so if you want to reach out to me, if you're in the military or a veteran, adam at activedutypassiveincome.com. If you're not, um, adam at ralcapitalgroup.com. Um, so that stands for Raquel and Adam Labar, R-A-L capital group.com. Um, I'm happy to connect with anybody who's, uh, interested and wants to jump on. You know, I've got a podcast as well, the biz dad, uh, podcast, uh, where I talk about entrepreneurship and fathership and how the two, um, 
uh, kind of smashed together and you will probably see my kids on the <laughs> podcast if you watch it on YouTube because almost every podcast, at least one of them shows up. So um, I absolutely love that portion of it. Speaking of, oh, I thought that was my son knocking on the door. Speaking uh, of. Um, I thought he was going to come busting through <laughs> here knowing that I was on a podcast. But but uh, but yeah, that's me. Adam, I'm so grateful you're here. There's a lot of value packed in this. And I, I know as a as a guy getting out of his own way and as a as a friend having watched you get out of yours as well. It's really cool to see you fly, see you doing incredibly well and, and making a dent on the world. Thanks for being here. Thank you, good sir. I greatly appreciate it. It was uh, awesome to be chatting with you again. I'm um, looking forward to the next time.